Welcome, Gasters, to this special Gascast episode. I'm your host, Tom Metcalf, and I'm joined by Adam Tutton, the CEO of Bristol Rovers Community Trust. Um, first off, I guess, how did the Community Trust come into existence? Um, the Community Trust is the charity arm of Bristol Rovers Football Club. Uh, originally came about uh, and was formed way back in 1992. Uh, we were formed as part of the PFA Football in the Community Initiative that saw clubs around the country sort of linking up um, with, with the football club. We then uh, existed in that form for quite a few years before becoming actually a recognised charity way back in 2001. Cool. Um, so as a charity, I guess you can receive um, donations and all that kind of stuff, not just kind of from the club. It's anyone can kind of give you money if they like. Yeah, the way the uh, funding works for us at the Community Trust is we don't actually receive any financial uh, backing from the club at all. Uh, we're actually two separate organisations, and I sometimes think people get slightly confused about how it works um we exist as bristol rovers community trust in our own right so we are a separate charity from the club um we have a separate bank account we have a separate board of trustees but obviously we are sort of linked very very closely to the club you know through the branding um through the fact that players get involved with lots of our projects and we have a really really close working relationship with the club you know we're really lucky across the country not every uh, football club is supported as well as we are. You know, the, the football club give us our office space. They give us access to players. They give us lots of tickets. So we're really, really well supported. But we are an independent charity, uh, as I said. Funding for us comes from uh, main areas of funding, come from the Premier League. So quite a few of our projects are funded by Premier League money. Uh, and also the EFL, the English Football League, um, significantly fund various projects that we do. So, you know, we don't just get given money. We have to bid like any other charity. We have to show why we're, you know, able to deliver certain projects. Um, and that's where our key funding comes from. But a big area recently has been um, the fact that we've actually tried to get people involved in in making donations and, and fundraising for us. That's really cool. Yeah, I saw there was um, a couple of lads who've done uh, a big kind of cycling thing I, off the top of my head I can't even remember what yeah, it was yeah we've got two two lads two great supporters of the club Nathan Gould and his brother Darren Gould um, are doing um, over the summer they're doing a, an, an event called Trek Fest where they're trekking for I think it's over about 60 miles over the Breckens um, and they've raised over a thousand pounds for us um, we've also had quite a few donations as people find out more and more about the work we do. Um, we have donations for various projects. So for example, Bristol River supporters club, very kindly donated 5,000 pounds towards our women's project. You know, we go from those sort of donations down to donations from individuals, you know, five pounds, 10 pounds, 20 pounds, every single bit of money we get goes back into projects that we deliver in the community. Because obviously as a charity, we don't make any profit. We just plow it back into what we do. So we're, so we're incredibly thankful to everyone that donates. Uh, but we're always looking for more fundraising ideas. And if people go on to the Bristol Rovers Community Trust website, there's lots of ideas on there about how people can either make donations or, or come up with sort of innovative ways of raising funds for us. So like I said, Darren and Nathan are doing a trek across the Breckens, but things like cycling events, we're going to do a big uh, event next year for the Bristol 10K where we're going to get 
Gasheads involved in running for us. So the, the more innovative, the better, really. So if anyone wants to get involved in helping raise money for us, please feel free to have a look on the website. That sounds really good. And I'd actually personally be interested in the uh, the 10K one. I, I was, well, pretty much for the last, what, six, seven years I've run the 10K and I always wear my Rover shirt. Well, that, that would be fantastic, Tom, <laughs> yeah. if, you, if you can help with that, because one of the things we are thinking about this year is we're also looking for... Uh, um, for Captain Gas to run the event as well. So if we can get, you know, anywhere between 50 and 100 Rovers fans running behind him, I think that would be visually something really special and would uh, certainly help us raise, you know, a huge sum of money for the Trust. So, so yeah, you know, anyone out there that wants to get involved, please get in contact. I'd give a warning to Captain Gas, though. I'd, I think last year at the um, at the half, I saw the city mascot um, quite forlornly sat by the side of the road with his head off like sweating like mad he'd obviously it's just too hot for him and he well yeah but that's that's a robin i don't think robins (laughs) are quite as 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 tough and as hard as as pirates we all know that yeah i think that's fair so um what are the kind of projects that the community trust do um as as a charity we work under four main headings we've got what we call the four pillars of the charity um and those four areas are social inclusion health education and sports participation Uh, and every one of our projects sort of fits in within that remit um so you know just to give some sort of outline for for people listening you know i'm sure some people are aware of some of the stuff we do but i think you speak to fans of bristol rovers and they'd be amazed at the sort of uh depth and breadth of the programs we're involved in um i've got a few examples of sort of things we do um match day experiences are where we have um a local grassroots club come up to the ground on on a match day we do these almost every match home match day during the season um young people come up that can be anywhere between 20 and 50 um young fans and parents they'll come up to our training facility at lock lees we have an hour of training in the morning They then come back to the stadium. They get a full stadium tour. We have lunch here. Uh, They then have the pleasure of then visiting the changing rooms um, just as the players are arriving. And I think actually I think we're only one of only two clubs in the country that actually allows that to go on. So, you know, that's a massive thanks. Initially went out to Daryl when he was here. He was a huge supporter of what we do at the Community Trust. And now Graham, who, who still allows that, because that's quite a quite a sort of important time for for players to prepare themselves to allow young excited fans to go in just as players are arriving is is an an incredibly sort of big treat for the kids that are involved they then go out they then do the guard of honor um and that is a real real special day you know that's often for some young people their first experience of coming to the mem so we try and make that as special as possible Uh, Other projects that we do um, within what we call our social inclusion, that's about ensuring everyone has access to football. We we run Kicks Football Projects, which is a Premier League funded project that takes place on Monday and Friday evenings. And that's that's a free opportunity for young people to turn up and play football with qualified coaches. Again, takes place at Lockleys. Um, we do women's football. We run a lot of satellite women's football, which has obviously led on to the development and the launch of, of the Bristol Rovers women's team. We do a couple of disability sessions a week. We do an adult disability section uh, and a youth dis- disability section. School sports, obviously, that's probably one of the main areas that people know about that we do. And that's a programme funded again by the Premier League. 
Um, we call that our primary stars and we've got a fantastic lead on that Abby Jones that goes in. And it's not just about delivering football uh, to school kids. It's actually about upskilling um, and teaching teachers how, how to educate in PE because it's an area that uh, we feel is really, really important. Uh, over 60s, another great project that we do, been running for many, many years now called our, over t- uh, our Extra Time Project where we have anywhere between 15 and 20 over 60s every Tuesday come up to the ground for social interaction, like physical activity. We do what we call armchair athletics. Um, and then on alternate weeks, we take them out on a trip. So we visit everywhere from uh, we might go down to see, you know, boats down in the docks. We take them out to garden centres. And again, it's about giving you know elderly people the opportunity to get out socialize and for a lot of these people it's the only time of the week they actually leave the house so it's a really really important project to us um and we're delighted we get quite a lot of funding from from fans that recognize how important that is uh oh and the person there i'd like to mention is is ann craig um who's obviously been involved with the club since ron craig's days um and since ron passed away she she's really really supported that with regular donations so a big thanks go out to her for that And the there's one of the other pillars is the the kind of education side of, of it. I know there's the the futsal team and and the um, the BTEC studying and stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. So you know, I've spoken there probably about a lot of our sort of social uh, inclusion and our, our sports participation projects. But as you as you rightly mentioned, education is is a huge part of what we do here at the community trust. And again, probably something a lot of a lot of your listeners won't know exists, but um, going back now, six years now, we were a, a pilot club for the English Football League that wanted to launch an education programme using the power and branding of football. Uh, and they approached us and some other local clubs from the southwest of England, including uh, Cardiff um, uh, and all the way down to Exeter. And mentioned about doing a course. So we, so we took the pilot about, I think it was six years ago now, um that's grown steadily uh the actual program we run is a sports btec course it's a two-year course fully funded so free for um 16 to 18 year olds to join and it's a great opportunity for young people that have an interest in sport might not know where they want to go or what they want to do in sport uh, and it gives them two years uh, of grounding in an education around sport so they study things like sports marketing sports psychology sports injury sports as a business coaching um and the idea being that after two years on the course you decide you know sports a huge thing and it's like well where do i want to go in sport you know what is it i want to go and so we've had a huge success i think back six years ago we had nine students started uh on the two-year course this year we've got 49 students and that's full-time students that study here at the mem we've got another 24 in the second year so you know, we run a small, what I would call a small school here. Um, and rather than going on to college, places like SGS or, or Filton, what you get now is the opportunity to come and study within a professional sports environment, um, which obviously is, is, is a great opportunity. Um, that's recently developed. Um, obviously, not everyone plays football. So we now offer an arm to that with our partners down at the Fantastic Empire Fighting Chance. Um, which is linked in with Bristol Boxing Gym. So we now have students that come to Bristol Rovers, study here, 
But rather than taking part in futsal in a national league, they go and train down there. And we're also doing the same with Gloucestershire County Cricket Club and Cricket. So we are becoming, you know, um, quite a large scale sports education provider in the, in the west of England, really. And we're really, really proud of how that pro- pro- programme's grown over the years. Yeah, that sounds really good. Um, yeah, before this, I had a kind of a brush up on what the community trust do. And yeah, a lot of this was completely new to me. Um, one of them that really kind of uh, stood out was the employability courses, because it didn't seem like it was anything to do with sport at all. It was just a, a course for people who, who kind of maybe left school and wanted to kind of get their first job or yeah um we, we we've run in the past um traineeships obviously all these projects that we run are dependent on funding um we had a really successful um year last year where we had again 19 to 24 year olds came into to bristol rovers and this was a project we worked very closely with the club um, and we gave uh, over a 10 week program where we worked on CV writing, um, some basic upskilling, some co- computer skilling, uh, helping people to write the CVs, like I mentioned. But then what they got was two weeks work experience in various areas of the club. So we had young people working within the hospitality department, working within commercial, working with the groundsmen. And the idea was to get these people back regularly getting up in the morning, turning up for work um, and preparing themselves again for the world of work. And we were delighted at the end of that project. Um, one of the young people actually got um, got a full time job with us um, with, with the um, cleaning department, which which was fantastic because this person had been out of work for about four years prior to that. So, again, it's you know, it fits under our education remit but it's actually not necessarily just for 16 to 18 year olds we, we cover all bases um and one one other thing probably worth mentioning at that point is also we also do run a degree program here now in association with the university of south wales so once some of our students have finished the two years on the btech they can then decide to join us for another three years if, if they fancy being at the gas for that long um, and do a do a, a full degree in community coaching and football administration, uh, and that course has actually led to Nathan Hallett Young, uh, who's our head of women's football, was, was on that program. So we actually had five years of education with Rovers, uh, and now he's a full time head of our women's football division. So it does work, you know. Education here works. It's a professional environment. Not everyone gets on at school. Not everyone's had a great environment at school. But when you're working within a professional environment and, and, you know, first team players, you know, you're getting to see regularly. Um, The manager, you know, all managers we've had over the last few years have been really supportive of this. So, again, you know, really proud of of what goes on here with education. That's all really good. Um, I guess the big kind of announcement recently is uh, the Gas Girls coming back um massive really how how did that kind of come about um women's football yeah it, you know we, we we launched this recently obviously it's quite a big fanfare as as you know we, we'll talk about um but that wasn't an overnight decision um honestly the actual initial idea for uh the gas girls came back when uh Wale Al-Khadi joined the club um, when he joined the club back in just for 2016, he was actually on the board of the FIFA Under-17 Women's World Cup. Um, and we had a chat very early on, you know, Wales always been very supportive of what we do. 
um, within the trust. And he mentioned that, um, you know, there was an interest in football. Since then, you know, the board of trustees at Bristol Rovers have helped support us to, to get to the stage we are now. Um, and, and so, yeah, I'd say it's probably been a, a good two years in the making. Uh, we, we timed it. Obviously, the launch, these things don't happen overnight. Uh, we had to do a lot of work behind the scenes, uh, a lot of research about where we were going to be, what leagues we were going to go into, what, what we wanted the programme to look like, whether it was, you know, were we going in at elite level? Were we going in at participation level? And I'm delighted that we're at the stage now that, you know, the club has been launched. Uh, we've had three, two open evenings now where we've had over 60 uh, people have turned up for the trials. And I've just been speaking with the media team this morning. Uh, and we've got over 40 people lined up for each of the next three. So there are literally hundreds of girls out there at the moment that are really keen to get involved with Bristol Rovers women. That's absolutely fantastic. And if people wanted to to go along, um, how how could they yeah, do that? Yeah, I think what, one of the best ways, again, if you go on to the Bristol Rovers Community Trust website, um, you can find out all the dates of the open evening, which take place at Lockleys. And also get an opportunity to to see some of the sort of uh, media that we've had about it. Obviously, um, we shot ourselves a video um, recently. I think yesterday, BBC Radio um, came up and did a did a film up at the most recent training session that showed how important this is, you know, to Bristol as a city. You know, we understand that Bristol City have a women's team. But, um, you know, Bristol Rovers were the original women's team, you know, going back numerous years now, we existed as a women's team. So we're absolutely delighted that the Gas Girls have returned. Uh, and that was why we sort of, we, we made the slightly tongue-in-cheek video, really. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that. Who's, whose idea was it to film outside Ashton Gate? Um, yeah, we did film outside Ashton Gate, which is quite a funny story, actually. Um, myself, um, the media team, uh, Matthew Davis, who's my media lead, and Nathan Hallett-Young, who's head of the women's football, have been, have been talking to me a long time about women's football. Um, and the idea sort of generated, it was a conversation that we'd had about how would the video look, um, so between us all, we came up with this this concept of, you know, what is Bristol about? You know, we we you know every Rovers fan out there, every gas head knows that you know we are looked at as the community club. We are the club that is the club for the people, and I wanted to try and get that across within the video. You know, and it, and for people that haven't seen the video, there, there's several sort of key locations in that video but they were all very very thought through as to why they were now obviously the initial one of opening up at Ashton Gate was a little bit tongue-in-cheek really about you know the shot was an opening of a football outside Ashton Gate Stadium that's picked up and taken and in a way it was a very tongue-in-cheek about taking football back from Ashton Gate um what I will say is that shot wasn't particularly easy to get um, I can tell you now that Ashton Gate security is very, very, very secure. Um, and, and it took us about three attempts to actually to actually get that first shot without being chased off off the land as we were the first two times. So, yeah, video starts down at Ashton Gate. The suspension bridge. Again, reason behind that. Um, anyone that's seen the season ticket video and been on forums will see there was a little bit of... Uh, 
how do we put it, sort of banter probably between fans from both clubs about who the bridge belongs to. Obviously, it doesn't belong to anyone, but uh, we thought that was a good place to film as it represented Bristol. Uh, quite a lot of the shots were down at the docks. That was all tied into the fact that, you know, Bristol Rovers has a maritime history. You know, we are known as the Pirates. Um, so we wanted to get the docks in. Uh, the council house, there's a shot from the council house. Uh, that was in reference to the seat of power in this city and who holds the football in power. Um, graffiti, again, a lot of famous graffiti areas down by Lakota, the Banksy. Um, I think the key one for me, you know, I'm very lucky. I'm chief exec of Bristol Rovers Community Trust, but I am also a born and bred Bristolian that absolutely loves and is passionate about this city. And I wanted to try and get some of those ideas across you know, about why this is a great city. Um, obviously, some really obvious ones in there. Ikea, the original site of Bristol Rovers, you know, when we were down there. Uh, the Eastfield Club was an interesting one for some of the older fans. The Eastfield Club still exists in the Ikea car park. Uh, and that was the original supporters club for Bristol Rovers. And it still exists. So we went down there. We were welcomed with open arms when we went down there. Uh, and then the final shot, which is, one people might not recognise, was actually um, filmed outside the Black Swan public house down on Stapleton Road. Now, the interesting aspect about that is that the Black Swan was actually where the club was originally founded back in 1883. It's where the original paperwork was done over a pint of ale um, all those years ago. So we thought we wanted a nod to current Bristol, but we also wanted a nod to the history of, of, of Bristol. And, and that's where the video came about from, really. That sounds really good. Yeah, anyone who uh, hasn't watched it, who's listening, get up on YouTube immediately. It's uh, it's an absolutely quality production. Um, Thank you. you. (laughs) Yeah, congratulations. Um, So, what the the kind of future? What's the future hold for the community trust? What are the future plans? Um, Future plans for the trust are we currently involved um, with uh, Lockley's Sports Centre. We work very closely in partnership with them. We are the community partner of Lockley Sports Centre, which is up on Bonnington Walk. It's a superb facility, uh, two 4G pitches up there, grass pitches. Um, But the future for us and where all of my um, sort of time is going at the moment is for the build of what we're calling the phase two build up there, which is an indoor facility, um, which will allow us to expand our education provision because we'll be building three new classrooms. But it will also allow us to expand the amount of sports that we provide to the community. You know, obviously, when you've got a 3G, we can do football and rugby, those sorts of things, if necessary, um, with other sports. But we want to be pushing out and doing things like basketball. Uh, netball we want to move into wheelchair sports and we need an indoor facility for that so we're working very very closely with the football foundation uh, who've kindly earmarked some money towards um, developing and building an indoor facility that will be you know used by the community trust and the wider community but it will mean that our, our provision sort of expands hugely um, and once that's open hopefully within the next 18 months you know, hopefully we'll go from strength to strength. So so that's the key area we're working on at the moment. And also the development of the women's game. Um, as we mentioned, you know, we're looking at creating the gas girls again. We've got two teams. Um, we've got the women's team. We'll have a development team. Uh, but it's about giving young girls and young women the opportunity to play football and represent, you know, a professional club. Not everyone, you know, 
want wants to link in with 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 the guys from the other side of the city. Um, and so we we've now given the provision that anyone you know whether you're red or blue has the opportunity to play football. What I didn't, what I've just got you obviously well was yeah, yeah. one of the other things I do want to just briefly speak about if I can is. Is that um, you know a big area for us also under the health banner has, has been um, we run a program for basically overweight fans over the last few years that was called Fans for Life, which was an education uh, and activity program that was a ten week program and involved uh, fans of the club coming up to the ground um, having an hour of study so based around things like diet, nutrition, alcohol, stress, smoking. And then an hour of physical activity. Um, and that's now just developing again into another project that we're going to be running called Football Fans in Training. So if there's anyone interested there that feels they're perhaps a little overweight, not doing enough exercise, you know, keep an eye out again for that project. Um, and probably the thing we've been most proud of this year is, is our mental health work. We've done an awful amount of work around the importance of recognising mental health. So we run a project in association with Avon and Wiltshire. Uh, national health partnership uh, called recovery through sport which is an opportunity for people suffering from uh, mental health um, illnesses such as uh, anxiety and depression psychosis to actually come up and train with rovers coaches and qualified nhs nurses that can signpost them and just the fact of playing football and socializing it has, has a massive massive beneficial effect for a lot of the people we come through and we're, we're looking to expand that um over the coming year because we're only doing one session a week and we literally cannot keep up with the numbers of people that require that service so i'm currently actively searching funding for that project um other one obviously that people can get involved with is the fun days um i mentioned at the start of the call with you during the uh, holidays so today i've been up there we've got over 100 children up at lockley sports center taking place in fun football activities um the, the day only costs £10, um, and that's for five hours. So I always think in terms of childcare, it's incredibly cheap. But what we do do is for those children that really, really need it and that um, identified children in schools that are on pupil p- premium and those children with families that are suffering from sort of real, you know, real shortage of money, we do offer quite a few free places on that as well to local school children because it's important for us that they don't miss out just because of any financial sort of situation that they're in that's yeah that's amazing um the question i did have in my head about the gas girls is where will they play do you know yeah we certainly do so um again uh, i keep mentioning this but you know we are in partnership and it probably you know it is one of the best sports facilities in the southwest of england the gas girls will be based at lock lee sports center which is on bonnington walk in lock lees now to a certain extent, it is probably Bristol's most well-kept secret. Um, if any of your listeners um, are up in that sort of neck of the woods, it is just off um, Filton Avenue that runs between sort of the Mem and Parkway Station. And if you go up there, get to the traffic lights, you take a right along Bonnington Walk. And there is actually a six million pound facility. It opened last September. There's two huge 3G pitches. Um, there's a huge bar, fantastic bar there. There's a great big balcony that overlooks the pitches. Um, and that is going to become home of the Gas Girls. So we will be playing during the season as we've got two teams. We'll be playing every single Sunday afternoon up there. We're really, really pushing um, to be a big, big fan base. We really want to make this something that, you know, uh, children, 
families, those people might not have experience of coming to football. You know, one of the things we notice about um, uh, the sort of setup with football is, you know, currently at Bristol Rovers, our sort of BAME uh, fan base isn't as representative of the city we, we live in. So we're hoping that we can expand that out and make it a really safe environment for families and, and friends to come along to. Um, we've just been donated from um, the Toe End group, um, have donated us 25 flags that we're currently having branded up. And we're going to really make it a big, big party family atmosphere every Sunday. Um, we're going to try and have perhaps the inflatable up there. There's going to be offers on food and drink. But in terms of being a facility for women's football, um, it's without doubt the best women's setup, I would say, in Bristol. You know, come up and have a look at the facility if you've not seen there before. Come and support the Gas Girls as of September. Um, it should be a really, really good, good, uh, good experience for all involved. Sounds good. Um, how can people kind of stay up to date with the work that Community Trust are doing? Best idea is is for everything that we do is to follow us on. We're on Facebook, Bristol Rovers Community Trust. We're on Facebook, uh, Bristol Rovers Community Trust are also very very active on Twitter. We advertise lots of our stuff on Twitter, and obviously uh, the website is, is where everything is held for us. So that's www.bristolroverscommunitytrust.org.uk. Um, the key Bristol Rovers website as well, which most of your listeners will follow. They often run a lot of our stories, um, but all social medias we're on Instagram. We're on as well. So, you know, please give us a follow if you're listening. Uh, find out about the work we, we do. We have a lot of voluntary uh, opportunities for people to come and help out, work with us. Um, it is a community trust. We are a charity. So any support we can get, be that, as I said, fundraising, donations, volunteers, please, please get involved. Um, it's massively appreciated by us all and, and it will have a really positive impact on your community. We're currently engaging with somewhere in the region of 3,800 people a week um, with the work that we do. Um, so we, we need as much help as possible. Sounds good. Um, well, thank you very much for coming on. It's been really, really interesting. Uh, and thank you, Gasheads, for listening. If you enjoyed this, hit subscribe wherever you're listening to to get more of the same. You can catch our end-of-season review that we did last week on gas-cast.co.uk. Thanks again, and up the gas. Up the gas.